Hi, I'm Christopher Reichert. Hi, I'm Kristen Robinson Darcy. And welcome to Sloney's Talking to Sloney's. Thanks for joining us, uh, eighth in our series. My pleasure. Great to be here. So tell us, um, where do you work now? And tell us about the last few years and few jobs you've had. Okay, great. So I work at Fidelity Charitable. I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina a year ago because the corporate headquarters for Fidelity Charitable is there. Prior to that, I worked at Fidelity Investments, where I led a lot of their digital strategy including their new cognitive computing platform. Wow, that sounds like a that sounds like a handful. It was fun. Now I've heard that if I start doing a Southern draw that you might join me in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely possible. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so when did you graduate uh, and with what degree? So I graduated in 2013 with um, an EMBA degree. It was the second cohort for the new EMBA program. And how was how was that experience? Do you think that being the second that they they learned a lot from the those few early years? Yes, absolutely. I'm glad we weren't the first. Um, happy we were the second. And really what was unique about our class is that it was 60 individuals. And then after our class, they ended up doubling it. So we really had an opportunity to get to know each other really well and really shape the program that it is today. And that's great. And you're involved with uh, Sloan now as the chair of the MIT Sloan Alumni Board. That's correct. Tell us, how did, how did you get pulled into that and, and into the leadership position? Yes. Yeah, so I have been on the board for three years now. And I've been on several different projects. In the past, we broke out into project teams. And a year ago, I was in the airport and I got a call and basically asked me if I would be interested in taking over the chair position. And it was her, probably her, her British lilt that kind of pulled you it, in. It was. <laughs> yes, absolutely. How can you say no to her? That's right. We'll get her interview her later. I look forward to that. That so would be great. Tell us what you did before Sloan that, that led you to Sloan. So I, I basically, for many, many years, have wanted to get my master's. And I probably, I've been married for 18 years. And probably every year I would say to my husband, I need to go get my master's. And he would say, why don't you go and do it? And I would give him all the excuses of why I couldn't. So finally, it was actually around the holidays. And I said, my usual, I want to go and get my master's. And he said, please, just do it. Stop talking about it. So I said, well, I'm only going to do it if I can go to MIT or if I can go to Harvard. And um, it just so happened that the new EMBA program was starting, and I was able to do that and continue working, which was ideal for me. Prior to Sloan, um, how did you find that your Sloan, uh, your time at Sloan, informed where what you're doing now? Oh my gosh, it's informed me so much. I mean, I think that for me, Sloan's mission, as you know, is to make sure that they're delivering innovative leaders who make and improve an impact in the world. And so for me, it was, um, I probably never would have moved to North Carolina to go into the Fidelity Charitable and the nonprofit space. Uh, but when I came out of school, I thought that I really needed to give back more. And so I um, very strategically passed my career to the nonprofit sector, and I've been there for about a year. And I lead um, service operations and marketing. And I'm learning a lot. But you've been at career uh, at Fidelity for over ten years now. So, I have. Yes. So you were at Fidelity prior, yeah, but in a different different area. I was. I was in the personal investing business unit. Yep. So the retail side of our business. All right. And so, so did Sloan get you to change your direction towards the nonprofit and the the charitable Absolutely. side? Or so yes. how, tell us about yeah. that. So I initially that's went, not a normal path for people to do, no, right? To think I about know. Sloan. It's right? very unusual. Although the more you talk to Sloanies, I think you more the more you do see that actually. Um, at least at a minimum, giving back. 
So for me, I, I went to Sloan originally because I really did want to change the way that I was thinking. In particular, I really wanted to become a much more data-driven decision maker. And so MIT obviously was the obvious choice. But as I was here and really had an opportunity to reflect on my leadership and reflect what was really important to me, I knew that I ultimately wanted to come out and help people. And in particular, actually, when I applied to Sloan in my essay, I wrote about how ultimately I want to help uh, veterans. And so I come from a very big military family. I uh, That's why I had a Southern draw. I grew up uh, in for 10 years, my first 10 years of my life in North Carolina, and then moved to Massachusetts. Did you travel a lot as a child? I did. When I was, yes, when I, primarily in the South. Right. Um, yep. From so, Army Brad? Uh, a Marine. Marine. Marine okay. Brad. Yes, yes. And so for me, I really do think that we um, as a country uh, need to do more for our veterans, that they really give us their ultimate sacrifice. And I've seen it with my own family. And my brother actually just retired um, from the military after 25 years. And he's now a JetBlue pilot. So you'll have to look for him if you're flying out of Boston. Um, but I just think that um, that is what really motivated me. And as I was here in Sloan, it just became clearer and clearer that I needed to somehow get there. Right. And so in the uh, Marine community, I don't know, well, I guess that's really a question is, was there a community as you shifted around that you, uh, that you find at Sloan as well? That, in other words, the, 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 the draw towards creating a community or, or nurturing a community? I think that I was too young at that point in time. So I moved back to Massachusetts when I was 10. When, when your father retired? Um, no, actually, my parents got divorced. Okay. So my father is from North Carolina and my mother is from Massachusetts. So you know where I ended up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she raised me and, you know, single mom and myself and two other children. So how's it been going? You, you've essentially gone home, right, to North Carolina. I have, yeah. Maybe not the same city, but it, no, how does it, it feel culturally to, to have left and then come, come now back? North Carolina has always felt like home to me for some reason. I mean, Boston does as well in Massachusetts, of course. Every time I would get off the airplane and get that nice, big gust of humidity... <laughs> <laughs> and hardly be able to talk. <laughs> I, um, you know, I felt like that was home for some weird reason. Actually, when I run, I love running when it's humid. And it must be because I ran a lot when I was a child or something. Probably, probably from people. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what compels you to stay engaged with Sloan? And, um, and how useful has the network been for you? It's been yep. now six years, right? This, yep. this year? Yeah. So for me, um, there, well, there's a lot of reasons that I'm engaged with Sloan. So being on the board and having that opportunity, I'm truly humbled and honored to be on that. For me, I think that there's just more that I have to give and more that we as a, as a community need to do. And so this is a fairly new board. We're five years in. You know, I think that we have just, we've done a lot of really great work, but we're not done. And I'm really excited about the future because I think that, you know, where we're headed, we're partnering now with the student senate. So we're really trying to bridge that gap between our students, our MIT Sloan students, as well as our alumni. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we need to do, that we need to really help these individuals who are graduating and help them leverage this network. And we have a tremendous opportunity to be a much more cohesive network. Yeah, and this year the the <clears throat> alumni board has changed its its form format. Right. So tell us a bit about that, the reason for that shift and yep. 
what what do you sort of expect that to that experiment? Yeah, great, great. And just like any organization, you need to build on it. You need to continuously look at your organization and figure out what what levers you need to pull and you know what you want to experiment and try. So we are truly experimenting this year. Um, but what we heard from the board members are a few things. One is is that when we're on these projects and and we are a working board. So let me just stop and talk about that a little bit. What we do is we're not just sitting in and advising. We actually have projects that we work on. And we have specific deliverables and recommendations that we give to the Office of External Relations. So that's the structure that we have. Typically in the past, we had one project that a team would work on and we had three different teams and they would work on it really the entire year and then come back into Cambridge in June and share their findings and plan with OER what we were doing next. But what we heard and really the way the world is evolving is that a year is too long. And so we need to make sure that the work that we're doing is not only timely, but it's also relevant and that OER is ready to actually leverage it. And so um, we've been working really closely and we've tried a lot of great things and we really have a wonderful foundation to build on. But now we're changing that just a little bit. What we're doing is we're getting the organization to come together and really align to a um, division. So it could be the, let's say, the executive education we're partnering with, and then the CDO office, and like I said, the Senate. So what we're doing is we're really trying to change this from being a long process to more short type of sprints and really addressing real problems that they're and being alongside them. So that's the part of the structure is that we're becoming kind of like advisors to these different units, business units or divisions within MIT Sloan. And then the other thing we're doing are these 90-day sprints. We have a problem that we're trying to solve and we're going to have teams that really align to those. And then lastly, we have what we call ad hoc. And these are items that just come up. And so a lot of times we're tapped on the shoulder, maybe one of us, maybe two of us, uh, maybe it's fundraising. So for all of you Sloanies who are listening, uh, <laughs> Dean Circle is where it's at. But I would just say that um, it could be a lot of different things. But the other driver of changing the structure is because the individuals on the board really wanted to um, spend more time with each other. And so we come into Cambridge once a year. And with this new format, we're able to have these teams that are the advisory teams. Then we have these sprints and we have this ad hoc work. And what it's done and what we believe it will do is really get a more integrated community at the board level. Right. Like uh, like me, you know, you left six years ago. I left, well, 15. It's my 15th year. Um, but I'm local, so I'm always on campus and I'm very much engaged in a local alumni mm-hmm. association. But thinking back to to your time, it was a year, right? You were the EMBA program was two. a year long, two years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, two. they say 20 months, but yeah. And then it stretches, right? You need to round up. Did you, do you have a favorite Sloan memory, a class, uh, an engagement with students? or I, I have a lot of really fond memories. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. So I guess a few I'll share with you. Um, one is Professor John Van Manen. He introduced us to MIT Sloan. I remember it very vividly. They bring us for 10 days on campus. Um, that's kind of our immersion when we start. And we spend a lot of time with him. And I just really took a lot of what he taught us, not only about MIT Sloan, but more importantly, or as importantly, about, you know, really taking the time. He, he really started and was one of the initiate, initiators of ethnography. And um, that's really when you take the time to understand and, and analyze the behavior of people, of individuals. And because I develop a lot of experiences, whether it's digital or whether it's customer experiences or even product, it's really important that 
we understand our clients and not just on the surface, not just from a survey, but we need to observe them and really understand what matters to them and look at them as human beings. So that's one of the things that I've taken with me in really all facets of my life is to step back sometimes, really observe your surroundings, see what's going on around you and uh, make decisions based on a lot of different inputs. What about um, if you could have a do-over at Sloan, what would, what would it be? Is it a class? Oh, system dynamics. System <laughs> dynamics. Did you take that class or not? <laughs> I did. Of course I Which did. Which means you wouldn't take it again? Yes. Or would you do no, work harder at it? No. I actually saw uh, Nelson Repenning. He was here today, as you know. He was speaking with us on, on leadership. I actually grabbed him afterwards and I said, I would really like to retake system dynamics. <laughs> Two reasons. One is I don't think I probably did as well as I could have done it. It's and a difficult subject. It's a really difficult subject. It's like a big puzzle, right? right? And also, I think that I would do better now. So I told him that I would like a do-over, and he did tell me that would be fine. <laughs> did he bring up his certificate uh, idea? He did not the give credit. me. No, but he said I <laughs> he may have earned. <laughs> he, he said that with my volunteerism that I may have earned, a, you know, uh, maybe a, a free class with him. Right. Good. Well, yes. I think as you work as chair of the board, right? You can guess. That's you, right. Yeah. That's right. So what's the difference between the Fidelity charitable side and the customer needs that they have versus – Maybe sort of the the more, I guess, commercial side. Yeah. So with the commercial side, what I was responsible for is really building digital experiences. So it was on .com. It was their mobile app. It was really developing smart chatbots and things like that. And so we were really looking to deliver a guidance to all of our clients, but knew that we, we needed to do it in a scalable way. Right. So, um, so that's on that's on the personal on the on the, on the personal side. investing. Yep, right, the commercial. Right. Yep, exactly, exactly. And you know they are very much digitally led. Um, most of our customers they preferred that, and so we needed to make sure it was a really great experience mm-hmm. for them, and frictionless, and that we gave them everything that they needed. Whereas on the charitable side, it's very different because we are a nonprofit and we have what we call a donor advised fund. Think of it as a platform, essentially, where people can go ahead and donate money Mm -hmm. and their money can grow. They can pick their investment strategies and then their money grows over time. But then they also have the opportunity to grant out their money. And so for us, it's really we granted out over five billion dollars last year. Wow, that's a huge um, fund that you're drawing from. It is a like. huge fund that we're drawing from. And so um, it was our biggest year yet uh, as far as granting. So our goal is to take this money and make sure that we're granting as much as we possibly can. And also that we're helping people with their philanthropic strategies, right. because that's what we've found as well, is that people don't always know they, they might want to give to veterans or they might want to give to food insecurity, or there might be something that they're really passionate about, but they don't really know where to start. They don't know how to look at different nonprofits and so forth. So we also do a lot of education. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of webinars and have a lot of content. So that's that's sort of the attraction pipeline? That is. Words, why they would invest with Fidelity versus other donor yep. advised funds? Definitely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we, we definitely help people figure out a strategy. Mm-hmm. Some people know exactly what they want to do, but many don't. And so this is a really good vehicle that they can put their money in and then they can determine what is their strategy. I've always been curious, is, is there a time period where it's allowed to grow without dis- distribution or does it have to be pretty yep. much immediately distributed? There, no, there's a, there's a time period. So you right. basically have four years that you can go ahead and grant it. And, and it's a minimum amount that you need to give. Right. A percentage of, yes, the, a percentage. of that particular principle. Um, yeah. Well, it's actually a dollar amount. Oh, okay. Yep. 
Right. Yeah. But, you know, we're constantly, I mean, our, the, the thing about um, our donors are they're very generous. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, you know, that's actually our payout rate is higher than foundations, All right. uh, which have a mandatory 5% payout. Yeah, that's um, the number that I've heard. Right? Yes. And so we're about 20, uh, over 20% wow. payout. Well, I hope one day to be able to join. Good. Well, we would, we would appreciate that. <laughs> Got a ways to go on that. What's your definition of success? I think uh, personally, I have two daughters. So um, part of my definition of success is making sure that I'm raising two children who are going to make a very big impact in the world and make a difference. So that's that's probably my biggest job. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think career-wise, it's really making sure that I path my career. So obviously, I'm in the nonprofit sector. As I said, I'm on a very big learning journey, which I love and thrive, which, of course, all Sloanies do. But for me, it's really getting out and at some point just making a bigger difference to either uh, children who have food security or for veterans. Excellent. Um, what's the last thing you geeked out about? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I did watch Game of Thrones. There you so, go. <laughs> I mean, that was that was just horrible, horrible ending. But I'm I geek sure. out all the time. I'm a very curious person. And so I guess one of the things that I did uh, last week was I, I um, have Prime now. And all of a sudden, I saw that you can actually get wine and beer delivered in two hours. And I thought, there's no way that you can get that. Did you try? <laughs> so of course I did. So my husband was home, and I went on, and I said, um, I, and then I thought it was kind of funny that I just, you know, all of a sudden have this wine show up. So I did. I actually ordered some wine, and they knocked on the door and had him sign. Within two hours. Of course, <laughs> yeah, like within an hour. They were really quick. It was right. during the day. So um, <laughs> they knew it was urgent. <laughs> they must have known. It was before five o'clock. She so, really needs this. Um, but I really wanted to see. I mean, you know, I wanted the wine, of course. But I think that um, more importantly, I was just really curious to see, like, does this really work? And how do they actually and... do it? And so I think that I'm just naturally a very curious person. So I do things like that all the time that I really I like to see how things work. Great. And any parting advice for prospective Sloanies or even alumni? Oh, I would say just do it. Don't overthink it. If you're thinking about coming to MIT Sloan, you should just look and talk to people, potentially attend some of the admission sessions that they have where you can learn more. But for me, it was I came on campus and I knew the moment I stepped on. So um, I would say just come. And, and for um, alumni, I would say that get connected. That's what this MIT Sloan Alumni Board is all about, is really making sure that we're engaged as a community and we're connected. So if you're not, there's so many opportunities for you. And I would just say, connect with your class if you haven't reached out for a while. Connect to us. We have plenty of work, some volunteer work that you can do. So we would just love to connect with all of you and get a stronger community, ultimately. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kristen Robinson-Darcy. EMBA 13 for joining Sloanies Talking to Sloanies. Thank you, Christopher.